L-A-S. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... Hey, I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're historically Historically inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear you do that again. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcast. Jake, are you still going? Jake, just fast fast forward to the end. We are literally running out of time. Did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! I did it. I was in in my groove. Come and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm kind of doing most of the You couldn't even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. (laughs) L-A-S. Well, hey there, buckaroo. Hey, pal. pal? <laughs> no, that's not a good comeback for buckaroo. You you caught me off guard with that one. I didn't have a have a ready comeback. That was the goal. Also, I'm always talking to the audience. Oh, well, because you normally say dear listener, and you said buckaroo, like singular. I thought, oh, he's mixing it up. He's talking to me. No, nope, never, I, never I talking I was to your buckaroo. You are my buckaroo. Okay, cool. So Tim you were talking Riven. to me. <laughs> Great, I win. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Logan? I'm doing all right, and uh, listener, I hope you're doing all right as well, dear listener. Dear listener, yep. That's right. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Hope things are going well for you, and I appreciate you tuning in to our podcast, From One Dad to Another, where we're going to talk. We are. About parenting. Yep. (laughs) We've had a wacky day. Yeah, and right before we started recording, I was telling Logan about this stupid lawnmower tire that ate up an hour of my evening and i'm still really salty about it <laughs> so say, i'm actually, a little bit out of my out of my head right now i was gonna ask if you wanted to talk about in it in my head and then you said no i don't want to like, talk about it but apparently i want to talk about it all right. all right so i got a hole in this stupid pneumatic tire <laughs> right and it's a tubeless tire and i had to remove the tire from the rim and that sounds easy it's not i ended up cutting the tire off and then i had to put another one on which I ordered on Amazon last weekend because I got a hole in it and I couldn't mow my grass. And it's getting really stupid, like long. Yeah. And so anyway, I cut the tire off and I was like, I'm going to put this other one on. And then I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I was like standing on it, spraying it with grease. I had grease all over myself. And finally, I, in a, in a fit of rage, I threw a screwdriver at my driveway, chipped the concrete, with the screwdriver, which is actually, like, I'm really impressed with this screwdriver. Yeah, you um, should be. It's of course, I can't find it, so I'm not sure if it's damaged. You lost the screwdriver? I lost the screwdriver. Um, <laughs> I think it's stuck in a squirrel. Um, but, um, and, which is fine. The squirrel deserved it. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. So, so if I seem a little distracted, it's because of this stupid lawnmower tire. I have this picture in my head now of you just covered head to toe in grease, yeah. screaming in your driveway. I didn't scream. Throwing. I'm super quiet. I didn't want to disturb the neighbors. Just the squirrels. Very quietly threw a screwdriver yes. at a squirrel. Yes. I did not. I did did not make a an exasperated declaration. So there's a squirrel running around outside your house. I mean, with a maybe. Just I don't know. I mean, I almost <laughs> ran over a squirrel on my way down. Um, but I didn't. I saw it in the rearview mirror. It ran off. And what do you have against squirrels? Well, nothing. I I was gonna start crying if I had hit it, but <laughs> I didn't hit it, so I didn't start crying. Instead, I ground my teeth thinking about that tire. This is this is the story podcast. One of our story podcasts, right. rather. Sorry, Alex, producer, who's in the booth, <laughs> whose show is called One Word Stories. <laughs> this is apparently one thousand word stories. Are you bringing me in right now? Is uh, that what's happening? I just wanted to say hi. Oh, hey. Hey, Alex. Hey, Tim. This is a pretty casual episode. We've had a slew of fantastic guests. We're just chilling and chatting today. A slew, you say? A whole slew. A whole Not like slew. a half a slew. Not a half a slew, but a whole a slew. slew. <laughs> a slew. <laughs> or maybe it's just an ew. Go home drunk. You're dad. <laughs> Indeed. When was the first time that you ran over an animal? Um. And what was your reaction? Hmm. Uh, the first time I wasn't driving, the first time I remember a vehicle hitting an animal was 
I was on the way to the airport. I was a kid. We were in a van. We were in England, and we were, like, leaving England. So I was, like, fifth grade, something like that. I was, like, 10 or 11 years old. And we were driving down the road, and I saw this pigeon. Like, I looked out the windshield, and I saw the pigeon. And I was like, oh, there's a pigeon flying. I don't know why I happened to notice it. And then it hit the windshield, and then bounced really high in the air. And I turned and looked out the back window, and... And then it laid down in the middle of the ground and it just like waved its wings and it was so sad. And (laughs) I didn't cry because it was a pigeon, but I do remember (laughs) sadness. What about you? So I, I can't, I think this is maybe the first time I myself drove over an animal, but it was actually here in Cedar Rapids when I was in college and I was driving, um, on the highway. I was about to get off onto Edgewood road. And Are you about to tell us when about the time you ran over a homeless person? Uh, no. Okay, good. Wow. Alex's reaction was the same as mine. <laughs> I'm just making was, sure. Whoa. I just want to prepare myself because I will cry. Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> that stupid tire. That's what's happening. That's your... That's <laughs> it's, your uh, it's infecting everything. You can blame it on that. So, all right. So you ran over a homeless person. Nope. No, I, sorry. A person experiencing homelessness. I'm pretty sure it was a raccoon. That was running across the exit ramp. Yep. And I was, it was dark. I was just getting off the highway, so I was still going pretty fast. Ran that thing right over. Mm. And I, I gasped really loudly. I think I was alone. I instantly started crying. Yeah. Horrified. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrible feeling. One time I hit a squirrel with my motorcycle. And when I looked over my shoulder, it was like, spinning in the air um it was pretty impressive actually um but it had launched and was like spinning around and i was really concerned about it hitting another car um and but i was also on my motorcycle so i was like i should really be looking where i'm going and not staring back (laughs) over my shoulder probably um but it was like it happened in slow motion it was i mean not probably really I don't think time well, course, actually slowed down, but to me it did, which was good because I was riding a motorcycle looking backwards. I needed all the time that I could get. Right. So, right. so if time wreck. did slow down, probably for the best. Right. It was, it was, it was, it was a win. Speaking of which, are you watching Loki? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've watched the first three episodes. Oh, fourth episode I blew think. my mind. Yeah. We haven't. Alex hasn't seen it. We won't talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Please don't. We yeah. won't talk about I'm, it. I'm one episode behind. There's a, but God, we need like a, a spoiler podcast or something where we can talk about this stuff. I like Loki. I don't love it. I love Tom Hiddleston. I also love but Tom Hiddleston. But I don't love the show yet. And who's the actress? Because that's very obvious now. There's, there's a lead actress that's involved in the show. Um, Do you know who the actress is? I don't, but she does remind me of Sammy James, our friend, our good friend Sammy. Our good friend Sammy James. I see that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, that's what I said the other night when I was watching it. So, well, speaking of autonomy, her, her name's Sophie D. Martino. <laughs> oh, Sophie uh, D. Martino. Of course, everybody knows Sophie D. Martino. Yep. Well, All they right. will now. One last thing, and I actually this will direct us back towards parenting. So she posted on Twitter. Um, obviously, this show is is. Um, Did you say sheep posted on Twitter? Well, they also post on Twitter. I'm okay. not going to judge, okay. but. Uh, Sophie DiMartino, um, one of the lead actresses in Loki. Sorry, Sophia. My bad. Oh, my apologies. Sophia. Okay. Um, Sophia DiMartino. Are you following the wrong person on Twitter? Are you no, actually just is, following Sophie? This is the right person. She posted okay. in her costume from when she was filming on set, and she had like very recently given birth to a child. And the costume designer actually designed the costume in such a way that this it could unzip over her chest so she could nurse so that she could nurse that's awesome when they were but without getting out of her full costume while they were filming that's fantastic i thought it was really cool and really fantastic that that was something that the costume designer could facilitate for her that's re- that's yeah mind blown yeah, it was very, very cool. So I'm going to start following her on Twitter for other sweet nuggets like that. <laughs> Head over to Twitter for some sweet parenting nuggets. Speaking of parenting, this is From One Dad to Another, a show where usually we talk about parenting. Yep. And uh, <laughs> like I started to segue <laughs> very roughly. <laughs> you were like, speaking of autonomy. Speaking of autonomy, Tim, um, you brought a topic to the table today Yeah. that uh, that you thought we could chat about. Yeah, so I was thinking about when I was, when I was little... 
um, when I was out running around, I, I lived in Idaho as a kid. Uh, so I would run around in the desert and, uh, kind of, uh, like ride my bike and, uh, my parents kind of gave me free reign. Now we lived on a military base, so, um, we were a somewhat protected uh, society, I guess maybe. Right. Um, but it was still, I was, you know, seven years old. Um, and you know, we just had to be home by dark. Right. And that was in the very early eighties. And that was kind of that classic, you know, you, you see it on TV now, you know, be, be home by dark. Right. Um, right. The, um, and then, you know, fast forward several years and that wasn't really the experience I think for my kids, although there was still some of that. You sure. Know, my kids were, uh, well at, at about that age, they were also on a military base. Um, but then we moved here to Iowa and this was still pre-cell phone for the most part yep. uh, when they were when they were that young. So they would still play with friends in the neighborhood and, and all of that other stuff. Um, and then I'm starting to think about, you know, like now I have a granddaughter who, you know, she's several years away from being that age. And I wonder what that's going to be like um, because right. things have changed. There's sort of this generational idea of how much, how long do you let that leash be? When I was when I when I was a kid, you know, kids just sort of ran all over the neighborhoods uh, in every neighborhood I was ever in. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm so far removed from that. I don't know. Is that still the case now? I mean, you guys have Liam at home. Is that, um, you know, does Liam go running around the neighborhood? And if he does, how do you how do you manage that? Is it just sort of like see you when it gets dark outside or there's you asked me a pretty simple question but there's a few different layers to it that i kind of have to dive into first and the answer is um he does do some running around the neighborhood but that's uh relatively recent in the last year and a half ish two years and uh and he got a cell phone fairly recently and that's made it easier Mm -hmm. so he always could kind of stay somewhat near the house. We're we're in a fairly um, great neighborhood, yeah. Uh, in terms of, um, let's let's say the crime map. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a good neighborhood in, in that regard. Um, we know our neighbors fairly mm-hmm. well. Um, there are a lot of kids in our neighborhood, or at least a handful of kids, and so he can run around fairly safely. We're somewhat near a school, so they often would go to the school playground and mm-hmm. play. Which isn't too far, but it is like a few blocks away out of view. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's made me uncomfortable, to sure. be honest. And I, and it's difficult to navigate, kind of yeah. like you were saying, how far away is too far away? How can I access them? How can I yeah. make sure that they're safe? And it's, I think there's um, a couple of conversation points that we'll dive into here. And I think the one we're talking about right now is safety. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other element, which is, from a, a parenting and developmental perspective, how much leash do you give somebody yeah. and give a young person? But from a safety perspective, Liam has gotten a cell phone recently. And one that's allowed him to have access to us on a regular basis. He actually had a smartwatch before mm-hmm. that. And that made things better too. Um, because Did you track him using GPS? So I was going to say... That, that that smartwatch is like a kid's smartwatch. Yeah. It's designed. It has only a couple numbers programmed. He could call us and we could text him, blah, blah, blah. But both that watch and his cell phone do have GPS tracking. Yeah. And we do use that, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, because like that idea, like that wasn't even remotely a thing when my kids were younger. Right. Um, My oldest, Autumn, she got her first cell phone when she was seven or eight. But it was like this one that was like, I don't remember what it was called, but it was green and it had like two antennas so that it looked like ears and it had four buttons on it. Is that a, was that a ladybug? It wasn't was? a ladybug, but it was some other one on Verizon, but it was, it was similar. What and, year was this? Do you know? Well, let's see. That would have been 2006. So the probably? reason I ask is for most listeners know that I'm younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually closer in age to <laughs> yes. your your oldest daughter yep. than I am to you and and I only bring that up at this point because I think that impacts yeah. my ex- personal experience. Absolutely it does. That way. Um well, yeah, but so so but cell there phone was, 2008, but it wasn't a smartphone kind of thing. It was literally just she could make she could 
press four dedicated buttons yep. to call four pre-programmed people. Yep. And that was it. Um, and I don't know how I feel about like the like GPS tracking. Mm-hmm. It's like you're chipping your kids mm-hmm. kind of thing. And like I get it. I it, I feel like it would be um, super useful if yeah. you're like, oh man, where is my child? And you just pull out your phone and you're like, oh okay, they're in the basement. I should probably go check on them because yeah. I I haven't heard from them in hours. Um, or they're you know, halfway across town. But also there's a part of me that's like, oh, that feels a little creepy to me. So this is a, a kind of side conversation and I want to watch Alex's face too because I want to get his reaction to this. Marnie tracks me yeah. with my phone all the time. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't so like that either. Let me Let me explain a little bit. It's a fairly recent thing, like in the last Is it like one of those Life 360 months? kind of things? No, it's just, I mean, Apple has just like a, a turn on location services. Got it. Um, and we have Apple phones on the same plans, and she can just track where I am. And I thought it was super weird at first, and it made me uncomfortable. And frankly, I think it's still a little weird. Yeah. But I am a realtor. I'm sure. going places all the time. I'm going into weird people's, not weird people, but You're strangers' homes unfamiliar, all the time. Unfamiliar ha- Correct. Homes. Wait out all of your, your clients. <laughs> all my clients. Whoops. I'm going to become a realtor and steal all of your clients. <laughs> one, of, one of my clients works with us, so that's probably not yeah, great. I won't call you weird. <laughs> I'm going into strangers' homes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm often driving all the time mm. and I'm doing this project all the time so I'm often away from home quite a bit yeah so uh, you know and, and I'll be out you know riding my bike kind of at, at strange times of the mm-hmm. day uh, because that's when I can fit it in yeah so it's actually really kind of great to yeah. have a safety person who can who can check my location and know where I am in those types of situations well and lots of people do that like my kids I don't know if all of them were doing it um, but I know at least my youngest, um, cell phone on, um, on their mom's plan. Um, they were doing like this life 360 thing. And I think the other kids were doing it as well. And yep. So they all knew where one another, you know, where they were at any given period. And that just feels weird to me. Yeah. Um, because like for me, I, you know, for me and my wife, you know, we, we don't, really pay any attention to one another's phones you know we're not right. we're not checking up on one another and if we generally know where the other one is right and if we wonder we just send them a message like hey when are you going to be home or right. whatever so the idea of gps tracking just feels really really strange yeah. and unnecessary but you're also describing a, a a case where that could be where it's useful to you right i think our situation is a little specific yeah uh, a little unique just because of of my life and my career and what i do um but thinking about applying that to kids like because that wasn't available when my kids were younger i i see it um it feels really strange to me like if i was like kind of retroactively trying to apply this technology uh like you know going backwards it it feels still feels creepy but yeah. at the time, I might have been like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to use this. <laughs> I was going right. to say, so Liam is 11 going on 12. Yeah. And I think that's an age where that works really well because he's either with us or he's not. Right. Right. Like if he's not with us, he's out playing with friends. Yep. And, and you should always know where your 11, 12-year-old is. Correct. And that's where we're going to track his location. Like it's your responsibility to know that. At that point, it's still yeah. very much my job. Yeah. With... um. With 16, 18, mm-hmm. 23-year-olds, right. <laughs> maybe right. not, right? I, you know, I think 16, that's kind of a question, but I, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. Well, and like, you know, right now my youngest is 16, and I generally know where they are when they're living with me because um, they do go back and forth between me and their mom's house. And, and Liam is also a shared household um, child. So at the time, I don't necessarily stay on top of what will is doing when will is not you know living at our house um i still check in right you know send texts you know because i might not see them for weeks at a time yep i still kind of check in to see how things are going um but that's the check-in i'm not not like actively in any given day and now will has started to get a job or has started a job 
So now there's this additional work schedule thing and there's one other place that they're obligated to be. And there is a parent responsibility to, to help help a new uh, workforce person uh, remember that they're supposed to go to work and that they have to be up to right. be on a schedule and all that other stuff. So that's been a, kind of a new element of just making kind of making it, you know, track and kind of um, what do we do with that leash? Right. How long is that leash? Do I just like shrug my shoulders and like, ah, they're 16. They can do whatever they want. No, that's 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 not going to happen. But at the same time, you want to kind of give some autonomy and responsibility uh, for those for those things. So one thing that that we were talking about before we started the episode, and I think we're starting to touch on this topic. So I want to bring it up. Uh, I had kind of a tough weekend as a parent. Not because anything bad happened, but because I felt like maybe I should have done things differently. Mm -hmm. And it was because Liam was with us for an extended period of time. Um, We're we're on a kind of special summer schedule. Mm -hmm. And he spent a lot of that time in his room, um, playing a lot of video games, being on his phone a lot, being very plugged in, um, talking to people online. Staying up very late the summer, talking to people online, doing yep. those things. And uh, and he's 11. And he's very mature. And in general, we are a fairly tech-heavy household, just naturally. Um, I've done a lot of work in the video game industry. I'm a fairly plugged-in tech guy. Yep, I think so, your entire house is tied to Amazon. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah, when I actually... Um, use the the word to wake up my smart speakers i like how we're avoiding saying the word so that we don't we don't screw with anybody else's uh devices i'm trying i'm trying um it's actually just jeff bezos that answers right through the speakers so well uh, he pays somebody to do it (laughs) that's right that's right but so so fairly normalized tech use in our our household but this seemed excessive Mm -hmm. and and i'm i'm not sure how best to manage that because um because liam is still fairly young how much time am i supposed to say hey get off yeah get off your digital leash yeah you know how much digital leash am i supposed to give him i think that's what you said um do i need to to be entertaining him um more than i am do i need Mm -hmm. to be structuring more things you know just something to think about um in terms of like kind of like you said with with your 16 year old child you can't just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And you're referencing one thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, being able to leave the house, right. time, whatever that looks like. But I think the digital leash is also something to consider. Well, and um, and so Will, my youngest, has always been a very plugged in person as well. Um, big gamer. So lots of online interaction uh, and all of that. And... um and that's different than the other kids. Uh, so that's been something that has just been sort of a, a normal thing. And it's a big part of their life now. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I go and I check in. Um, but, you know, they spend a lot of time online. And I'm trying not to be judgmental about it. Because just because it's not what I like and what I enjoy. Sure. Like, I have to, how much of it is, well, I, I wish, you know, Will would do stuff with me versus, oh, I think that that's digital, you know, all that digital time is bad for you. Like, you know, sometimes if I'm just like, oh, God, I wish they'd get off the, stop playing video games. Sometimes that's just me going, man, I really wish that we could hang out. It's not like, oh, that's that's unsafe or that's too much time for you. And sure. I, so I'm always wrestling with that. Like, what is my motivation Yeah, there? Um, and I don't always have a good answer for it and i can't i can't just lean on well i'm the parent so i don't have to justify myself because that's that's Gosh, really it's that's tempting. a great point yeah. it's really tempting to do um but it's um yeah it's uh i don't i don't know what that answer is it's another one of those sort of mysteries for me that i'm always con- constantly kind of bouncing back and forth like and just re constantly reassessing you know what is what is my motivation for what I tell my kids to do. 
I, I totally get that. And I, I hadn't really thought about it in that way until you said it and something very obviously clicked in my brain around I'm the parent. I don't have to justify myself. Right. Uh, for an 11 year old. lots of people do feel that way yeah. as parents. Like that's, that is how they proceed as, as parents. Right. And I've always struggled with that. And that's something I, I do catch myself doing every once in a while. And I try really hard. And it's something Marnie and I have talked about. I've tried really hard to always explain why. Because mm-hmm. um, Liam will say, why do I have to get off? And every once in a while I do say, because I said so. Yep. And usually it's because I'm, I'm frustrated or I'm a little heated or something like right. that. But I can always be striving to do better Yep. to explain. Like, I'm trying to get us to X. I'm trying to get across Y. Well, and, you know, I mean, I think as a parent, though, you also have to um i mean sometimes you just have to they just have to listen to you right i mean that's there are there are reasons that it it might take too long to explain uh or or you know things like that um but i think the temptation is to just rest on that and not go back and address it right um so i'm i i try and i i know that i sometimes fail i try and kind of think about those conversations uh, like do I feel like I owe an explanation even if it's sort of re- after the fact like I told you to do this thing I don't have to explain why I told you to do it right now right but we will talk about it um, yeah and that's a I don't know it's it's kind of a tough thing when I was growing up there were friends that I had whose parents were super strict about what things that just didn't make any sense to me um, my parents weren't super strict but you know they outside of the letting me ride my bike around the desert when i was seven and catch snakes (laughs) and do all that other stuff um you know they they knew where i was and uh uh they they paid attention to me but i also had friends who in high school they i had one friend where his dad would not let people in the house unless he was there didn't matter that his wife was there um uh we were not allowed to come over if he was not home uh he was that strict so i would go in his house after school and then his mom would yell up the stairs and say he's uh he's she'd see his car and then i would run out the back door and wait for him to get come home and then i would go knock on the door so that i could come in the mom would like help you sneak around wow yeah and so that's like this extreme right level of of being strict for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the reasoning for it was. Um, but so there's all these different parenting styles and these, you know, people bring to it. I don't know, you know, this is how my parents treated me or this is, or I don't have to explain myself to you. I'm the, I'm the parent. Um, but I think, uh, I think too many people don't, uh, don't ever self-reflect. Like, and just think about, like, why are we doing the things that we do as a parent? Is it simply for safety? Um, is it simply because we care about our kids? Or is it a, is it a power thing and it's an easy way to flex? Um, and I think sometimes we're all guilty of that. Um, and sometimes some people, that's, that's how they parent, that, that, that it, it is all about power and dominance. And, uh, and that's scary to me when I do see that. Uh, and other people. It makes me super uncomfortable. I think that you're saying some really fascinating things that I want to continue to touch on, but we do need to take a mid-roll break. So let's take a moment to check in with our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more to you about um, autonomy and what our experiences have been with that, Mm -hmm. um, how we navigate um, parenting power dynamics, because I think that's important to continue to discuss. I love your ideas of self-reflection as well. And, uh, I also want to hear how you caught snakes in the desert. (laughs) You threw that in there really quickly. Yeah, I didn't think that was a big deal. Okay, well, I think it's a big deal. So we're going to talk about Tim catching snakes when we come back in just a moment. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... 
I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Scarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billie Eilish got bangs? What's a Billie Eilish? L-A-S. Hey, I'm Logan Adam Schultz, licensed realtor, and this is the Corridor Real Estate Podcast, Eastern Iowa's premier show for all things buying, selling, and investing as it relates to real estate. Every Thursday, we'll be talking with industry professionals, breaking down the data, and giving you the info you need to succeed in Iowa's real estate market. I, along with my trusty producer, Alex, that's me, will be covering everything you need to know so that anyone can become a Corridor Real Estate expert. New episodes of the Corridor Real Estate Podcast are published every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am a licensed realtor in the state of Iowa with Coldwell Banker Hedges Realty, operating out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on me and to get in touch, visit lasrealtor.com. The Corridor Real Estate Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network, also in Cedar Rapids. For more information, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Welcome on back to From One Dad to Another. I'm Logan. I'm Tim. And uh, Tim, I'm not afraid of snakes. All right? I I actually, I feel like I should challenge you on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm that not. That seems like a I'm, thing. You're, you're, you're terrified of spiders. <sighs> All right, so you can't even oh. think about a spider. Like, you're... You, you're already creeped out, I'm but snakes already. don't. Snakes don't do that. Snakes. You. I'm not. Yeah, and I don't know what the line is. I'm not afraid of snakes. I don't want to. You're be not bitten actively by seeking snake. snakes. Right. Like that's Desperately not a goal of mine. Seeking snakes. If I saw one in my yard, what would you do? I would probably leave it. Right. I you're gonna say leave. Like I would just go to <laughs> I'm Walmart. Gonna, I'm just gonna move out. No, it's, it's not my house anymore. It belongs to the snake. Yes. Um, but you just threw out that you were driving around at se- riding around at yep. seven years old yep. on your bike out in the desert. Yeah, there was a whole gang of us kids, and we would go out and we would catch snakes and lizards. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, there were not like rattlesnakes. I mean, we'd leave those sure, alone, right? But like bull snakes, um, uh, water snakes. Um, there was one story we we were camping. Aren't water snakes generally poisonous, though? No. No. Uh, like, cotton mouths typically are by water, I believe, and they are. Um, but just regular, like, water snakes like you might find at the river. Sure. Uh, they're fine. They, they would bite you, potentially, but you're sure. not going to die. Um, but we were camping, uh, several families together, and we went down to the river, and we caught a whole bunch of snakes, and we put them in, like, a bucket or a bowl or something i don't know and then we dumped him out in the middle of the camp um so i spent a lot of time apparently snake handling not I, like in a like a in like a weird kentucky church way um <laughs> but uh i just spent a lot of time messing around with snakes when i was a kid and i would when i lived in california i'd catch lizards and i'd keep them in a terrarium in my garage for like a week at a time and then i'd let them go i just always was fascinated with reptiles and that all makes sense to me but and i i maintain not afraid of snakes, <laughs> but when you say we caught a bunch of snakes and like put them in a bucket, yeah, I am getting the heebie-jeebies about it. Oh yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm I was probably a lot less uh, weirded out by snakes when I was a kid than I am now. Like I don't sure. find them weird at all. I think they're fascinating, and I'll you know if I if I see one on the road, I will get out of my car and go like take pictures of it or something. Like I mean, I love I I think they're I still think they're super cool. 
Um, but I don't think I want to own one anymore. Uh, but you did want to own one. Yes. Yes, I I really wanted. There were several snakes I really wanted. I wanted a boa constrictor when I was a teenager, <laughs> like Jake the Snake Roberts the wrestler. No um, idea. No, no I, that that's was not me. definitely before your time. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to own a boa constrictor. But then I thought, man, that's like a lot of work. Like I would have to like feed it mice, and that weirded me out. Oh, um, okay. But no, I I still like reptiles, and I've owned, I've had iguanas and. Chinese water dragons and other reptiles, even as an adult. But um, yeah, I, I don't want to care for them anymore, though. Just to, to validate myself, Alex has been shaking his head like crazy as well um, during this whole story. Is that because Alex is a huge fan of snakes? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, cool. no, yeah, no. Uh, when I first met my met my girlfriend, actually, she was holding a snake, and that was a huge turnoff for me. <laughs> oh, you, you eventually got over it. <laughs> I had to get over it. Yeah, it was so gross. They wanted me to hold it. Yeah, oh, snakes' skin is just gross to me. Uh, yeah, but I, I am with you on the grossest part about a snake is that if you have one, you have to feed them mice. Yeah, that's just that's just can't weird. get over that. Can't, yeah. can't get over because you like freeze. You keep and you have to keep dead mice like in your freezer. The, yeah, that's Wait, weird. I thought. I mean, you can give them live mice as well. I, was, I thought you gave them live ones like all you the can. time. Uh, it depends on the snake. Oh, okay. But think about the work that is. My friend that had a snake had, he, he gave yeah. them live ones. Yeah. And that was, I never wanted to watch that. Felt so bad. It's like, it's like when you run over a raccoon in your car. You know, you just feel so bad for the little guy. Right, and then you put it in your freezer and then you feed it to your snake. <laughs> All right, well, I might start crying right now on this podcast. So. Uh, but yeah, but that was a thing that I would do when I was little. And I didn't ask my parents permission, like, mother, please, can I go out into the desert and catch please, a snake? Um, the snake's it was just, It was just what we did. Um, we'd go looking for wildlife. Um, but it was, it was also I mean, probably somewhat dangerous. I guess maybe, um, but definitely dangerous to some extent. Um, but, but that was just sort of like what we, what we did also look back, you know, like all the, all the stupid stuff I did as a kid or maybe reckless, maybe stupid's not the right word. Um, I often think like, Oh, I was so stupid when I was a kid. It's like, I wasn't stupid. I was just reckless. Cause I either didn't know or I didn't care. Um, but like riding my bike and like going on a ramp, that was like a board with like 10 bricks. Okay. And, and you're like going and doing some stupid jump or climbing to the top of a jungle gym and jumping off of it, you know, like and spraining my ankle. Like all of that just stupid, reckless, reckless stuff. Um, my parents couldn't have like, they couldn't have kept me down. <laughs> they would have had to tie me up and put me in my room to keep me from, from being reckless or being somewhat. Uh, I guess, unsafe. So that was going to be my next question because we're talking about autonomy and and allowing kids uh, a certain leash in life Mm -hmm. and in their actions and what they do. Um, And now particularly in modern day, a a digital leash of sorts as well. But when you think about those times in your life, how were your parents with those things? Were they pretty hands off with you in general? No, I wouldn't. I would, I would never, no, it, it's interesting to me because I can remember all of the things that I did that my parents would have just completely had a cow if they knew that I was doing. Right. Like as a as a younger child, as a teenager. Um, and But they weren't hands off. They weren't ignoring me. Um, right. They generally knew where I was or where I was supposed to be. Um, and I would go out of my way to make sure that you know, they were satisfied that I was where I was supposed to be. Right. Um, but just looking back on, you know, again, I was, I was reckless. I was drinking alcohol when I was in high school and, you know, hiding that from my parents, um, you know, or I would, you know, skip school or something, you know, along those lines. And my parents didn't know that. Um, but I went out of my way to make sure that they didn't know that. And it, cause I knew that they cared. Sure, and that makes I, sense to me. And and so so my parents were never never hands off. Um, I just had to sometimes work a bit harder to 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 you know be a 
a reckless teenager than I otherwise would have. Because I also did have friends whose parents were very hands off. Yeah. Um, and um, and kids know that about other kids, and they take advantage of that. So you know, a kid who wants to get away with stuff goes and spends the night at their friend's house whose parents don't pay any attention to them. Right. Um, right. Because they feel like there's that's a that's an easy way to short circuit those things and and do the kind of uh get one past your parents uh who are paying attention so no i like i don't feel like my parents were hands off at all um i just had to get creative with uh my recklessness i remember a lot of um running around with my group of kids in my neighborhood when i was younger but the more that i look back on it now as an adult while that felt like i would i had a lot of freedom yeah and i was doing a lot I was on like four square blocks. Sure. And and this was primarily around my grandmother's house and she lives three blocks away from my yeah. my parents' house and where I lived. So I I was very contained for yeah. the most part. Well, and I was too. Like, you know, I make it sound like I was running wild all over the place, but I grew up on military bases and I didn't have a car. I didn't have a driver's license until I was the end of my junior year of high school. Yeah. So I was always relatively close, uh, close at hand. I wasn't just off gallivanting around the world. Although one time I did consider running away to Belgium uh, for a girl. Um, Really? Yeah. And uh, I had gone on this trip to Germany for a bowling tournament because that's how cool I was. (laughs) We we have so many more stories. Yeah, I know. Um, and I met this girl, and it was fun, and it was it was cool, and we wrote letters because we that's what we did back then, and uh, and I made <laughs> up my mind. My I know I made up my <laughs> mind that I was going to run away, and I had an atlas, and I planned out my route, and I was going to hitchhike to uh, to Dover and take a you were ferry. Hitchhike. Yeah, I was I was going to hitchhike and then take a ferry to France. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then hitchhiked to Belgium. Now, I didn't actually make it out of my room. I was say, how old were you at this point? I was 16. Oh, okay. Yeah. Old so, enough to run away. Old, yes. If you really wanted yes. to, you could have made it happen. Yes. Well, I was tr- like, what do I do? Like, do I run away to Belgium or do I get a tattoo of the Black Crows <laughs> uh, logo? And I didn't do either of those things because I was actually a relatively good kid. Um, but I wanted to be bad. <laughs> and, and so I was always looking for opportunities to be bad, but I wasn't really. And I didn't, <laughs> that's really, a lot to process. I didn't I really realize this part of my story and how it tied into autonomy until we started talking. And you kind of said, I didn't even have my license until the end of my junior year. I, I got my license, uh, sophomore, junior year. And, and this is probably a very traditional story that people can relate to, but getting a car and getting my license gave me a lot of freedom. Yep. And I, I always had a cell phone. I mean, not always, but I had a cell phone growing up, um, probably on a fairly similar timeline to, mm-hmm. to your oldest daughter, um, in 2006 era. Yep. That makes sense. It was like one of those oyster flip phones, Virgin mobile, mm. what it was. You remember them? And, uh, and having a car really freed me more than any of that. And I, I did take advantage of that. I felt like I had to rebel a little yeah. bit from being so tied down because I, I was a fairly sheltered mm. um, and protected child for the most part. At least I feel like. And uh, and so, yeah, I would I would skip uh, school or at least the first mm. couple hours of school because I was supposed to drive myself there. Um, a big thing was I was in um, Tung Soo Do karate, martial arts at okay. that point. And I, was, I started skipping classes oh, there man um i would and and that's why you're not like beating me up every day right now because you, you you never learned how that's the reason why yep, that's why. right yeah <laughs> that's right cool um i worked so at glad. target and i was skipping shifts at target yeah um just and not doing anything mm-hmm. i wasn't doing anything bad i just was driving around because i could right eating french fries <laughs> we talked about this. That's right. I would just like get junk food and just drive around. Well, and I think that that's also like suddenly you have a car and if you have a job, you suddenly have money and you can do grown up things like go to a drive through whenever you want to. Like you don't right. have to ask if you can go to McDonald's. You can just go to McDonald's. So my 16 year old the other night, it was like 10, 15. 
and they walked out the front door. And I was like, I looked at my watch. And so I sent a text. I was like, where are you heading? And it was like, go into high V to get some monster. Uh, and it was like, <laughs> like, okay. And that's such a, like a 16 year old with a car and a job thing to do. Like, yep. I want a monster. I don't have to ask. I'm just going to go. Cause we don't have curfews or anything like that. Sure. It's never been a, there's never been a reason for it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the car thing I think adds a, adds an element and that came really, really late for me. I, and I also, because in high school I was, I lived in England where you had to be 18 to drive. Most of the people that I was friends with, nobody. Uh, nobody had a driver's license and if they did have a driver's license they certainly didn't have a car sure so that was not really a part of my high school experience for the most part Uh, I kind of missed out on that but the kids all went through it somewhat that's so interesting to me and I I wonder where you know rebellion takes different children in different ways and and based on how they were raised their environment what all that looks like my rebellion was going through a drive-through, right? You know, and when I shouldn't have been, yeah. Um, and for the most part, I think that's probably manageable rebellion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I I do wonder because I think about like this interaction I had, um, or not interaction, but just this experience I had with Liam this past weekend, and navigating digital access mm-hmm. and and engagement with family and balancing time, and when am I? when am I holding him down too much for no reason? Yeah. You know, um, because I'm the parent, because I said so, right. Like we talked about. And what does that lead to? Does, does, do the actions that I take now reflect on some of that autonomy and action and maybe a bit of, of Mm -hmm. rebellion later on? And what is, how, what does that look like? It's something I think about a lot. Yeah. I, uh, if I, if I think about what my, my style of parenting was as it relates to this thing. I think what I always tried to do was give the kids the ability to make a lot of those kinds of decisions for themselves. Yeah. Um, and only really sort of put the brakes on things when I thought that something was really, really serious or there was a, um, that there, that the, um, the consequences of, of allowing them to explore might have been too severe. That was the approach I always tried to take. And I'm sure that there were times I was successful, more successful than others. Um, but it was, it was sort of this, there was a liberality to it. Um, this, this idea of, well, they can explore these things on their own as long as they know that if they feel like they're in trouble that they can talk to us, but at the same time kind of keep, keeping a watchful eye. Sure. But not always reinforcing that you can do this, you can't do that. Here are the rules. Certainly, we set, you know, we set rules. It wasn't, and it wasn't just me. It was, it was their, you know, their mom as well, and we always tried to agree on, on those kind of things. But that was the approach was, all right, maybe I can give you the tools to explore these things on your own. Um, and and exploring those things literally like what are you interested in doing how do you want to spend your time when you're not actively doing stuff with us or when i'm asking you to be a part of of something um just kind of keeping an eye to make sure that they were safe um and that's a different approach than just saying all right here are all of the rules and here are the things that you have to do every day uh here are the things that you are never allowed to do that was not really an approach that that i took and i feel really strongly that my kids are um very independent and yep. capable of making uh the right decisions always um whether they do or not i know that they're able to sure um, i understand that but generally speaking if i like go back i mean my kids are awesome and um they can confirm yep. yeah I mean, but i mean they they are like they're not they're not problematic there aren't things that i'm like oh they'd be so it'd be so cool if they would just not do this i don't have any of those things sure um and uh and i think that's pretty cool because i also know a lot of other parents who have had huge challenges um with raising their kids for various reasons um and so i always consider myself very very lucky and i've always had good partners in parenting, whether that was their mother um, or my wife as a stepmom or the kid's stepdad, Thomas. 
um, you know, like as a, as a group, we've always been on the same page. So, um, it's been a, it's been really, uh, uh, I love where my kids have ended up all of them in different places. Um, but they're all, um, bright and capable and that's probably about the best thing that parents can hope for. I think that is probably one of the best things that you can hope for as a parent. And uh... whoa, sorry, that was a little. little There's hot. the music. <laughs> I knew it was coming. On that note, um, you mentioned some other parents' experiences and stories. I would love to put the call out to some of our listeners. If yeah. you have stories that you want to share about anything we talk about, if you have things you want us to chat about or people that we should talk to on this show, reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at LAS Podcast Network. One of the best ways is to go to LASPodcastNetwork.com and fill out one of those contact forms. You can find it right at the bottom of most of the pages. We really love mail. We love the mail. We love it. Love it. You can send like a Pony Express rider up to the to the to the gates of LAS Podcast Network land on a horse. I have no idea what this reference is. No, no. You don't know what the Pony Express is? I don't think so. Do you, Alex? Have you seen the Postman? Alex is shaking his head. With, um, what did you guys learn in history class? <laughs> All right, you now have homework. Your homework is to Google. The Pony Express. All right. We'll make that happen. Yeah. So Marnie is signaling through the window that she knows what it is <laughs> because she's she's not 20 years old. Tim, we're running out of song. I got to finish the show. All right. Wrap it up. Hey, this is From One Dad to Another. It is a weekly podcast produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. And if you'd like to support this independent network and show, go to Patreon.com slash LASPodcast network and when you subscribe you'll get access to a private facebook group where you can connect with us as well directly directly and uh this show airs every wednesday on apple podcast spotify and wherever you get your podcast tim thank you so much for talking to me today this thank was a great you episode so much it was fun it <laughs> i'm gonna go catch a snake go fix that lawnmower <laughs> bye everybody talk to you next week